Curiosity Killed the Cat. Satisfaction brought him back. Episode number 76. <laughs> Pull that off. <laughs> All right, you ready? I'm Clay Lowe. And I'm Sarah Beth Hunt. You're listening to the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast. Where we get together once a week over coffee to talk about the big questions of life. Let's get into the show. So yes, that old cat killed by curiosity. I know. So what do you think? Do you think curiosity killed the cat? I think it did. But as I said, satisfaction definitely brought him back, you know. And I've I've lived my life as a cat, knowing full well that... um, it might get me killed. <laughs> I don't know if it'll bring me back or not, but you know, there's another thing. So we're talking about curiosity today. Yeah. That's on, on tap. Yeah. And so uh, what, what are you curious about? Uh, yeah, you know, I was thinking, I think mostly my curiosity is about how, pe- about people, about people, about how people work, how people think. Uh, Yeah. So I was always interested in psychology, and I suppose that's my interest in in yoga and kind of meditation and stuff as well. But um, yeah, curiosity is sort of awesome. Yeah, no, I'm a, a big fan of curiosity. Um, I think it was a quote in one of the things you sent me about Henry Miller where he was talking about that perhaps it is curiosity about anything and everything that made me the writer that I am, and it has never left me. So a curiosity as a lifelong sort of pursuit because when you're when we're kids we're kind of born with a curiosity aren't we We kind of as the kids I think definitely and I think that's what frustrates me about school sometimes is there's it beats it out of them well (laughs) there's an underlying assumption about school that you have to force kids to learn right and that's just so untrue yeah and I only mean that in the sense that like I love the school my kids are at and I love I, I always loved school but I think there's certain things like, you know, government standards and stuff that make you do homework and make you do all this stuff as if kids aren't already at home curious about the world looking at stuff. I guess that's the thing, you know? though, with, with standardizing the school aspect where, you, you know, you know, there isn't space to let each kid follow their own curiosity. So yeah, we have that's to very true. standardize it and then they have to follow a a curriculum they can be curious about the curriculum that i've given them and, and go along mm. that track but they're not allowed to at least with inside of school you don't necessarily get a chance to follow your own curiosity and wherever that might sort of lead you and totally. i think of some of the people we're going to talk about today um one of the things that made them sort of great is the fact that they followed their curiosity and the curiosity about wanting to understand how the world worked around them yeah, hmm. that that was what was really interesting because you know you were reading about Leonardo da Vinci and I don't actually know that much about him and just reading a little bit, um, I didn't know his backstory about how he was a like illegitimate son of the rich guy and a woman out in the countryside and that he was therefore not allowed to be educated within because the you know if you were a bastard then you yeah. weren't allowed to go to the fancy private schools and stuff which. The article and the guy who who wrote about him was basically arguing that that his his sort of lack of indoctrination into the education system of the time and his sort of freedom to follow his own curiosity is what made him who he was. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Because you could almost think if he had gone to one of these fancy schools or not, would that have would he have would it would it be a diff, made a difference? As in, would totally, they have kind yeah. of 
you know, stifled that and put him down a prescribed way? Or is it something that would have been innate and they maybe would have been a misfit in school and not fit in because Well, what, one of the things I found really interesting, and this guy, one guy's written a book about um, Leonardo's brain ah. and sort of how he thought and sort of how, you know, what, and one of the things that they analyze is his writing because, of course, he was left-handed. And the point they make is that if he had gone to school, that would have certainly been beaten out of him. And actually, being left-handed and activating That's constantly evil, the it? right time, right, exactly, right yeah. side of the brain, which is the more creative kind of fluid side, meant that, you know, he, he's sort of taking that as this is like intrinsic to his creativity and sort yeah. of his whole process. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think so. And you had a quote that you were going to... Oh, yeah, there. that'll yeah. come later. Okay. I mean, my, my first sort of thought in all of this is, and I suppose, you know, why we come and, and hang out and chat is to investigate things that we think we already, no, not that we think we already know, but sort of I'm asking myself, what is curiosity? You know, like it's a word that we, we think we know what it means, but what does it mean? Yeah. You know. What does it mean? I don't know. <laughs> I'm asking you. What does That's it mean? That's why I come here. To why? ask you my questions. To ask, the, ask, ask the question. So I think that's good. So let's be curious. What is the dictionary definition of curious? What is it? What does what does old Webster have to say about curious? Because I think my answer to it is just that, uh, and the thing that drives me when 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 we you know when I'm investigating values and I say, well, what's your what your values? And I think one of my I think I know one of my values is a freedom to explore, and that's to me is about following the natural course of things that interest me so that thing over there shiny new different don't know what it is and my natural inclination is to go and find out what it is and I think I approach life a lot like that so even what I think when I work with people with like systems and things like that and a lot of people are afraid of the technology whereas I like to just push the buttons and see what happens that's mm. how so I learn by pushing the buttons and pulling it and having conversations like we're doing now to sort yeah, of explore, yeah. challenge my sort of thinking. And that helps me to learn what a thing is, is by being able to, um, yeah, go and just tinker with it. What, yeah. what happens if I push this button or turn that widget? Or um, There's a sort of openness. I mean, one of the articles was basically saying that we're entering a phase. So, so historically they were saying, you know, the early times – of, you know, you think like mid um, Middle Ages and kind of church is super strong in the, in the Western world, I suppose. Yeah. Then curiosity was really negative. And here I have, of course, because I have my yeah, notes. Yeah, I got your notes. So it, you know, they, they sort of mentioned like all these early stories of curiosity were stories of warning, like the curiosity killed the cats. We have Adam and Eve curious about the apple. Yeah, look at us down because of curiosity. Didn't, didn't go well. Didn't go too well. Icarus and the sun. Yeah. There's I the forget. story. And Pandora's box, which is a really, that is a curious story, isn't and this it? this is like, interesting because all three of those things are pretty powerful pieces of mythology that kind of sits in our psyche, isn't it? Yeah, totally. And all those stories were told to teach you not to be curious. So look what happens. Yeah. If you open the box, press open the button. Open the box, press the button, yeah. see how high you can go because you want to test the limits. But yeah, I, I had never thought, thought about it like that. So 
the natural question comes to my mind is, well, why is it that society or the greater society has tried to... Well, Clay, I'm so glad you asked because that's my quote. To push us Thanks for out. setting me up. <laughs> Do you know, it's crazy. Why you, why you bring the quote up? The definition of curiosity is the desire to learn or know about anything. So inquisitiveness is a definition. So um, what is this article from? I'm going to lose my place now. Um, basically, in that discussion about the history of curiosity, and then we get to that at first it's a bad thing, then the enlightenment comes and questioning becomes a good thing and there's this massive explosion of new technologies and new art and new literature and all kinds of stuff. And, and this sort of summary or, or sort of conclusion that the, this article makes is that we're in sort of a, a period of lull where we're more interested now in being right than not knowing or being right. uncertain, which is what curiosity sort of requires. And so anyway, here's the quote, why we, why we thought curiosity was so bad. So for, it says, for most of Western history, it has been regarded as at best a distraction, at worst a poison, corrosive to the soul and to society. There's a reason for this. Curiosity is unruly. It doesn't like rules, which is why you like curiosity. I know you're, yeah. <laughs> or at least it assumes that all rules are provisional, subject to the laceration of the smart question no one has yet thought to ask. It disdains the approved pathways, preferring diversions, unplanned excursions, impulsive left turns. In short, curiosity is deviant. So, there you go. I like it. Deviant. I'm I a know. deviant, huh? <laughs> and, you know, actually, you know, when it says things like, I don't think of myself as very deviant, but I'm also very much a rules are fine but they're always subject for me they're always provisional yeah like if rules don't make sense like i'm happy to follow the rules most of the time but rules are made to be broken well I, and no i don't have that because that's like a urge to break the rules i don't have an urge to break the rules but i don't take rules seriously if i don't understand them so okay, rules to me are not like set in stone kind of things so um you know so i guess that's where my sort of open curiosity is still alive somewhere kicking in in amongst all these notes and And i suppose if you're trying to organize a society and you need people to conform um it's i guess it's maybe it's a mechanism of of sort of a control so just to conform to get people to no i'm just thinking it's just to get people to sort of follow the norm and maybe not question so much of question authority or ask why but then if you think of the advances in well just in our lives and human history it's curiosity that's brought us to where we are totally you know someone looking out at the horizon and saying the world is flat and everybody living like that and then some people say well hold on a minute how do we actually know it's flat because we haven't been there and we you know and that curiosity to to see what actually is just around the corner or just over that bin or just at the edge of that horizon let's see what happens and i imagine now that i was thinking about curiosity killed the cat curiosity probably killed a lot of humans too because i'm just thinking how did you know what to eat and what not to eat somebody had to at one point in time in our evolution eating that berry and died and they said oh joe ate that <laughs> don't eat the joe berry <laughs> don't eat that berry and but he was curious he was like oh well heck i've eaten that berry and it was good let me try that berry out and then he dies so yeah, I guess uh, curiosity comes with some sacrifice. 
Yeah, that's true. I don't know. You know, the whole thing about needing, you know, that that's one of the stories is like you need to control people's curiosity in order to make things sort of into systems that work. But I don't know if that's true. You know, that you have the enlightenment. It's not like society broke down, but there was just an opening up of the ability to question institutions, whether it's the church or whatever. And, you know, of course, then there's also the side note that only certain people were probably allowed to question because people that were just working away were not questioning. I'm going to say maybe you're the average person. Maybe weren't interested in, you know, I guess it takes, I mean, so I think we're born with a natural curiosity. This is how we learn, isn't it? So the kid will start picking and pulling on things and putting things in its mouth. And, you know, the adults help kind of steer it to conform to whatever the social norms are. But the kid's natural inclination is to find things out. And maybe that social norm then pushes you into a space where some people continue to push the level of their curiosities and others perhaps just do a you know a middle line somewhere and kind of don't paint outside of the lines, but kind of steer in that that conformity space. But there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's a stability that, that sort of comes with that. Yeah, I mean, I think also it probably has a lot to do with you know, external influences on what, how their curiosity was, you know. Yeah, but how, and so I guess, you know, there's so many intertwining pieces to this. So if everyone's just curious and, and exploring their curiosity, then, because you can make the argument that says, well, then what about the sort of productivity and things like that? So, you know, I want you to, so, and I think this is what businesses and things have to, are, it's what they they so they want to they want you to think outside of the box, but I need you to think inside the box as well. So it's almost almost like a, a paradox in the sense of we want to innovate and grow, but if everybody's off to the left and to the right doing stuff, who's in the middle keeping the machine going the way that it needs yeah. to be? Um, and so, but we need that curiosity in order to be able to innovate and to grow. So it's kind of like a double edged sword, isn't it? So you don't want to cut people off. And stifle the curiosity where they're just like just another cog in the wheel and turning the tool. But if I get them to be, and even companies even have like incentive programs nowadays, don't they? Where they say, you know, have this great idea, put it in a box and we use it. You get paid, you know, X amount of, of money or bonus or what have you. Because we need curiosity to go to the next level, to push that button. Like, why do we do this thing? Like when I was hired to work at General Electric, I was not an electrical engineer at all and at the end of my interview he's like well any concerns i was like yeah i don't know anything about electrical engineering he said well all you need to know is that you know we build the big box and we put stuff in it that's all you need to know that's not what i'm hiring you for but part of it is because i'm an outsider i ask questions that someone that's been doing it for 20 years wouldn't ask so my curiosity is why are we doing that why does this process work this way so you're next constant phase of trying to figure out why do we do that which then opens up a whole other chain of thinking okay well why do we do it that way yeah it's funny because it's sort of it seems to me like curiosity there's a a balance of needing to be open like you're saying and sort of think outside the box but but i suppose that doesn't mean that you never that there's a, a a kind of looking forward to some kind of response. Hmm. So 
it, it, you know, it's sort of getting that balance right, I think, sometimes. Because, you know, it, it's funny, like, like you're saying, you know, curiosity, if you follow it, that's great. But if people are going off in all different directions and people are sort of just reinventing the wheel, there's something sort of a bit like I'll tell so so what makes me think about this is um did you see that movie Into the Wild? Yeah. Surely yeah. did, yeah. So, you know, for me, you have okay, so we did Thoreau last week and he has this big curiosity about what do we need? What is what is necessary to live. And I'm actually curious about that because I actually don't think we know. So I'm going to go experiment with my life and build a house in the woods and test this out. But it feels like there's a way of being curious that also honors what has been discovered by others or some, some kind of like wisdom that's passed down, taking it with, I'm going to learn from it. I'm not going to get boxed in by it, but I'm going to take it with me. So that if I need it, you know, I'm not having to like start from scratch and reinvent every discovery in the universe. Whereas the thing that always annoyed me about that movie about Into the Wild is like, you have that same kind of curiosity, like how can I live simply in the wild beyond like all the, you know, BS that I'm surrounded with and mm. my family and my, you know, education, blah, blah, blah. But it, but it always annoyed me that he went out with with total disregard for the level of skill and and knowledge about the natural world that we have in hu- the human race. He just didn't. He just sort of was like, yeah, whatever, you know. I mean, he was like early twenties, so yeah. maybe that's what you do. But but no, I had the same reaction to that because when you if you read the book, it's have you read the book? No. And when you read the book, you realize that he was only. We didn't need to die, basically. There was a, a cabin stocked with goods that the trappers use, the hunters use, in case you, for that instance, you get you know, caught in a snowstorm. And it was only like about two miles from where he, where he was, fully stocked. He would have been just fine. Also, you know, when he went to the river... But he didn't know about it. He didn't know about it because he decided, as you say, he decided, well, I don't need a map. I don't need any of these modern conveniences that, you know, we got yeah. so soft from. The other thing is, you know, when he comes to the river and it's all flooded, yeah, he only needed to go, again, another mile or so down river, and there was a, a cable thing that you could use to go across with. So his, as you say, his sort of disregard for what's come before and building on the history that we have is something that really cost him just because he didn't want to rely on past Yeah, knowledge. interesting. Yeah, and it was, you know, that, you know, hair's You're the breath. first person I found that's actually been an, as annoyed as I am about that. Oh, yeah, that's no, so it's just crazy because what that huh. drives me nuts with anyone ever, because I spend a lot of time, you know, climbing mountains and stuff like that. And when I, I'm out and, you know, it's like it's Snowden and stuff like that. And the way that I see people that come to the mountain and they're not prepared at all and they just think, oh, yeah, I'm just going to walk up a hill but I forget that they're outdoors. Outdoors, you know, Mother Nature is cool, but <laughs> she doesn't suffer fools gladly either. Yeah. And they come unprepared for, yeah, you know, being out in the wilderness, you know, out in the wild and the outdoors. They just think, oh yeah, just go. I'll just walk up the trail. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, my yeah. Thing. Totally. Shall we take a quick break and yep. then we'll we'll come back and uh, continue. To be curious. The Havana Cafe Sessions podcast was created to carve out space for contemplation in the middle of our busy week. 
inspired by the very ancient idea that wisdom and principles of conscious living can be found through conversation, Clay and I started meeting over coffee at the Havana Cafe. From these meetings, the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast was born, and as an independent podcast, it is supported by listeners like you. Here's how you can help us support the show and continue taking time to explore the big questions in our lives. First and most importantly, you can share the podcast with friends on Facebook, Instagram, or old school like talking to your friends. Haha. <laughs> Leave a review for us on iTunes, or you can support the show for as little as a couple of pounds or dollars a month. That's less than the coffee you are drinking right now while listening to the show by going to havanacafesessions.co.uk and hitting that contribute button. Hope you're enjoying this episode and thanks again for listening. Cool. So, yeah, I guess what what I feel is that you know, like all of these concepts and all of these things, there's a art form to getting it right. Mm. You know, there's sort of a way how, you know, how can you sort of embrace knowledge without getting trapped in it in your way of thinking? Do Let me ask I mean? you this. Do you where do you go to regularly? So you go into Limington regularly. Yeah. You go to other places. Do you take the same route all the time? Yeah, oftentimes. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think this is what maybe a good analogy for curiosity. So, you know, I mean, I don't know that I've seen every single street in Southam. So yeah. I have a route in and out and I've seen some other places, but have I actually been curious enough about my own hometown to explore every single street in hmm. it and some of it comes about efficiency isn't it so i can get to limington and i know how long it'll take me if i take this route if i was to be curious about another route like especially say going to work for instance i don't know for sure if it's going to get me to work on time so i don't go yeah, yeah. i don't know where the traffic's might be i don't if that you know does that going to take me longer to get so it becomes less efficient your well, curiosity the, isn't it yeah i mean I, I suppose the thing is for me it's like you know, looking at all and thinking about all these people, like thinking about Leonardo da Vinci, thinking about em or, um, Thoreau, thinking about, you know, I always think Buddha. You know, they're, they're, like you said, there's certain, like people follow their own curiosity. So, you know, what you're curious about, you know, you want to sort of direct things there. So for me, I mean, if I think about driving, if there's a way of driving through the countryside rather than being on like a big road, I'd much rather do that, even if it takes me a bit longer. Because, but I don't know if that's exactly curious, but it's a. Well, how about you? Yeah, your back garden. Do you know all the trees and plants and yeah, my back wildlife in your back garden? I know it's small, but yeah, do you know all the wildlife? All the slugs. All the slugs. All the different <laughs> varieties of. But then you know, I mean, like I'm saying, if you're directing your time to that then you're not being curious about other things that you might do you know what i mean but so i think it's okay to sort of screen things out that you're going to be curious about or, or well and, and you can put it that way or was, you can just yeah. think about it as like this is like what i'm pursuing in my curiosity yeah. and I, I asked that question only from the point of view is i'm just thinking about in different like thoreau we talked about and then talking about leonardo da vinci so he used to do well, what do i want to learn today to do mm -hmm. this he used to make and it would be the oddest things on there. I think it was the road that just sat and watched the pond to study some frogs. And mm -hmm. and Leonardo was quite the same. It was like, I want to learn, I can't remember the uh, doctor or whichever instrument. He wanted to see his instrument and learn what it was. So that was one of the things in his to-do list. And somebody else's notebook that he wanted to to sort of go and see. But he, yeah, but you put the oddest things 
on his to-do list mm-hmm. to go and learn. Um, and I suppose it's that. So I suppose it's a, I guess yeah. it's a directed curiosity as in this thing interests me, I go find out about it. And then there's just the wild curiosity as in like the, you know, I, I, and I don't, and I only just started this. Mm. I got this app that's called iNatural. If it's a really cool app. It does a recognition software algorithms are fantastic so you could any living thing you take a picture of it it scans it and it'll come back and tell you what it is so I, amazing we, i've just been walking around the garden and classifying all the different sort of plants and bugs and everything oh, it does yeah. any, anything that's alive it'll scan it and then it'll give you if it can't amazing. find it directly it'll give you in the general area then you can post it and then other people from a social learning point of view can help you to narrow down exactly what it is but it was because of that it was like you know like yeah yeah a lot of times we want to go and travel to exotic places because i want to see different things when a lot of people haven't even seen the place to where they're where they live yeah there's a lot to be said for just going out in your back garden and and being curious about what's actually there and 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 seeing it and i think some of this links back to something another uh episode that we had um in the past is that we've We've kind of, um, because our brains has to organize things. So I think if we were just curious about everything, we'd probably get nothing done. So I have to, at some point in time, narrow things down so I can efficiently get things done. Get food in your mouth. Get food in your mouth, (laughs) you know, so that I can do things. But then we get complacent in that and we no longer think about our thinking. So for instance, a tree, the brain wants to classify things. So I'll look and I'll see, and that's a tree and that's enough. We've gone past or maybe we've forgotten how or maybe we don't have time to say well what kind of tree is that what does that bark feel like let me examine the Mm -hmm. intricate you know patterns in this particular bark it's just like boom tree classified got it don't run into it so your brain is constantly like oh yeah i know what that is that's a car that's a chair that's a, a rock and that's enough that's enough information that i need to help you know, Clay navigate to where he wants to go. Yeah. Versus if, you know, it was completely wild curiosity, like, oh, rock. And start, like kids. Think about when you're, yeah. you know, your the kid's like two years old and, you yeah. know, they're constantly. You can't get anywhere. I haven't because, seen that. And then they're yeah. there and you're yeah. like, oh, no, come. But, you know, they go and explore everything that's like, oh, I ain't seen that before. What is that thing? And they're pushing yeah, and yeah. Let me put it in my mouth and see what it tastes like. You know, so it's, um, but we lose that. And I guess part of what we're saying here in this podcast is how do you reintegrate that into your life? Not so that you become, you know, that it takes me two hours to get to work because I said, oh, I haven't been down that road. And yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So, you know, but yeah. So how yeah. do you reinstitute it into your life so that you can continue to evolve and learn things? And I think that, um, yeah, it's been really interesting thinking about all of these different sort of master people from a purpose from the perspective of curiosity, because, you know, that, that's sort of why I wanted to talk about it because So who did you Thoreau, have on your list, yeah, Thoreau and... Well, Thoreau was that, you know, doing Walden last week, I think the thing that I really admire so much about Thoreau is that, you know, it, t- it, it takes a real bravery to say that you don't know something that everyone says that you should know. And to kind of go a step further and, and be open enough to actually experiment with your life. I think there's a, there's a sort of quality about the, the curiosity that's joyful and that's like, I want to know, and this isn't a negative 
you know, the not knowing is often feels negative, you know, like it feels uncertain or it feels like you're stupid or you should, you know, you should know something and you don't, you know, and I think bringing that attitude of like joyful openness to a question and then actually being willing to just stay in that space rather than letting other people, you know, squash you out of it mm. and go and do your thing. I think that's really amazing. You know, and it was just, you know, then it made me think actually the Buddha had that same sort of, I mean, not having known him myself, (laughs) but, you know, had the same sort of attitude about his big questions in life, which is like, is the suffering and kind of dissatisfaction we have with our lives necessary? If it is necessary, if it's just intrinsic part of your life, then, you know, there's nothing we can really do about it. But everyone seems to think that that's what it is. But Maybe not. Hmm. Maybe there is something we can do about it. Maybe not all of this is necessary. And so his, you know, so then he just sort of abandons life and goes out and, you know, searches for that question. And I think, yeah, it's, it, there's, there's a sort of, I don't know what it is. There's a quality about the word curiosity that that's different than open. Do you know what Hmm. I mean? It's like a, there's a joyfulness to it. There's a, you know, they, they always say in, um, you know, when you think about like meditation and, and for Zen, it's called beginner's mind or something, you know, for in Tibetan Buddhism, they, they always say, you know, be like the child that enters the shrine room for the first time hmm. and just looks around like, oh, what's that? What's that? What's that? And to that's see the with sort new of, eyes, isn't it? To yeah, see with new eyes. See and, all things with new eyes. But, it, and it, but it, I feel like there's more to it than that. There's a sort of joyfulness is a sort of like excitement rather than a oh i don't know i don't know what that is do you know what i mean yeah i i, um, I do and i'm wondering so i guess what i'm thinking there's a is the need to know like some people would might say that i don't need to be i don't need to know any more than what I know. I don't want to take in any more information. I know what I know, mm-hmm. and I'm actually happy. I don't want to go exploring and yeah. find out more stuff because what am I going to do with that? And there's others of us who, you know, like for me, for instance, from a personal point of view, I just have a need to to mm-hmm. know things. I mean, you had a chance to look in the swamp. I mean, I've got all those books, but that's all because those were different things that I wanted to know. And so... Yeah, I exp- you know, explore some stuff I don't ever use again. I went, I learned it, I know how to do it. Okay, done. I know what that is, but that just seems to be an internal mechanism for me to just yeah. want to know things. Um, so I do, so the the other article that I read that was really interesting was about Leonardo's brain. Do you read that one? No, no. There was a guy called um, his last name is Sh- um, Shalane, who worked on this book about Leonardo da Vinci's brain. And basically one of the main like things that I took away from that is the level of, con- of connections between the right and left brain that they think that he had, both because he was um, left-handed and just because they analyzed like his writing, mm. like for instance, right. His, you know, he, he did all that mirror writing. So he wrote literally backwards and then you could hold it up to a mirror and you know all this, but yeah, I, yeah, no, I, I practice so, writing backwards yeah, for a time. <laughs> well, so basically 
when they analyze his backwards writing is exactly the same as his forward writing. So what they're taking from that is that there's a massive amount of interconnection between both sides of the brain that they know what they're doing. I don't know what all this means, but I just found that all sort of really interesting. And there was another article, there's a book called Curious by Ian Leslie. And he says, um, is something similar about the connection. So he said, sometimes I hear curiosity and creativity are killed by too many facts. But actually, the opposite is true. The more you know, the more you want to know. The more you know, the more connections you can make between the different bits of knowledge you have in your head. And I think that's, so that's where I come from. Yeah. I think it, it fuels creativity in exactly that way. There's all this stuff that I pour into my head, and some of it on the surface you can say, well, that's useless. And to me, I think, well, that's useless now. But then we'll be doing know. something and boom, and it's there. There's, it's the recall. It's the, you know, and then for me, that's where I make connections. I don't, I, maybe we can look at this at another um, another episode. But I read this, this, this sort of study on creativity and people's creativity happens in different ways. Like there's some people who make something out of nothing. They have a really vivid, vivid, vivid imagination and they just, put some stuff down but yes things are kind of connected and then there's others who see connections like if i see a thing and i see another thing i'm able to see a, a way that they can connect and become something else so that's my method of creativity i have to have mm-hmm. a thing and a thing and then add them to see what comes mm-hmm. and there's like three or four different modalities of creativity and mm-hmm. it's about finding out which one is yours that you that's that works best to the way that your brain's organized and I like that. Well, maybe we'll do an episode on that one because I yeah, find that fascinating. Yeah. I went, in fact, I went on a talk on that. It was a um, some one of these sort of lecture things I went to once, and they kind of talked about the four. Because they're always types sort of, of linking like creativity. You oh, have creativity. to have a level of curiosity. So, like you read the quote at the beginning, Henry Miller about yeah. the fact that curiosity sort of fuels him. And you know, you look at these different people. You look at Leonardo da Vinci and how many different areas of life he was sort of such a forward thinker in. And the thing with him is he had hundreds of unfinished projects, yeah. didn't he? So he would start something and so that, and on an F again on the surface, if you look at anything as a dabbler and 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 you know, we would mm-hmm. we would condemn that kind of stuff. And but because of all those half starts and partial starts Again, there's something intrinsic in that that you get in a new connection to something else that led him to do some of the things that uh, he came up with. Yeah, totally. I just, you know, yeah, so, so I suppose like, you know, you're saying there are people out there that, you know, I suppose we, you know, we lose the creative or sorry, the, the sort of curious thing as we get older there's a sort of natural process of accumulating what we think we know and sort of getting stuck in that and then the curiosity about things sort of goes because you're just wrapped up in doing what you have to do and working in the way that you're used to working well the brain just gets efficient isn't it it's efficient it knows yeah. what it knows and it helps me to because some would say it help you know you it helps you to organize your life it helps you to be efficient it helps you to get things done and to happen and i suppose as you mentioned earlier some of it's about a balance though isn't it so there's a balance between you know being so wildly curious that you never get anything done and then the other extreme is i no longer need to be i know what i need to know 
And then I just kind of get a tunnel vision and kind of move along and I never open up, expand or evolve. So you kind of almost have to have a blend. I think that's the other thing about sort of the education system is that it puts in your mind the idea that school is for learning and that you don't learn outside of school really. And that once you're done with school, you're done learning. Mm. And I think there's some people that just, you know, don't for whatever reason get, you know, buy into that or, or whatever. I mean, I feel like there's part of me that's always, you know, looking for the next thing. And I mean, that's why I love doing this podcast because every week I'm sort of being introduced to new things and it sort of gives me a excuse to read stuff that I haven't read before or, you know, ask a question or, or look through stuff and, you know, but yeah, I just, I, I think that, you know, that's the thing about sort of getting older and stuff. And, you know, hopefully we still have a long way to go, but there's a lot of people that really early on in their life just decide like, okay, I'm done learning. And I always think that's sort of sad because you don't have to be curious about everything, but you know, there's a certain level of like openness that we thrive on in our lives. You know, they sort of like keep us, I don't, I don't know what, what is the word? You, You know, keep us like, thinking and yeah engaged and stuff i guess i think as an individual has to be balanced you probably need a balance of society as well in a sense like i I like think inside of a company if 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 everybody was the the sort of maverick innovator then again nothing gets done if everybody's just a i'll just sit in the corner and do what i'm told and never think yeah. then you become inefficient and soon gone away so you need that so you'll have a i think general electric used to have this sort of um you know there's a the pillars i think they call them and you wanted a certain section of pillars and that would be the person that's happy to come they do their thing you know mm-hmm. they're a good employee um and they're the the pillars they're the ones that keep the business stable but then they wanted a section of people who wanted to push things and break things and why are we doing stuff mm-hmm. that way? Um, and then the other ones you don't want to talk about them. Those are the ones you got to get rid of. <laughs> right. um, but they needed they needed the pillars because if everybody mm-hmm. was doing what these other guys yeah, were doing, right. then we wouldn't yeah. have a s- stable organization. We wouldn't have a stable sort of society. Now I'll throw this one out here because I think man is naturally curious in a sense, but then does our curiosity? create its own problems as well think about yeah, technology is fantastic and it's gotten to us you know doing the things that we're able to do now but when is enough you think mm-hmm. the new iphone t- uh, 10 is out and that you know before you just need it a device to call yeah, someone we're but, sort of there's a curiosity to humanity that's about what can we do yeah like how much can, how can i push that it was in, in yeah, yeah. was it jurassic park and he says it when they were Brought mm-hmm. the dinosaurs back. I think his line was something like, he, he was so fascinated by being able to do it, he didn't stop to question, should you do it? It was something along yeah, those, yeah, yeah, those right. lines. Yeah. And it seems like we have that track that someone says, well, can I make this faster? So being curious, can I make this smaller? Can I make it faster? Can I make it? And then we keep pushing and pushing. But you know, it's funny because... We... But then you back to I, the Thoreau so... thing is, that do we need all of that stuff? No, and yeah, and I think also the way that 
life is right now encourages us to be curious in particular ways, like making things more, making things faster. And mm. we are not curious enough about a lot of things, I think. Yeah, we're not including curious about, how we think about our garden and what's in the and uh, it's some yeah. grass or, and or some what's trees. inside our heads. Actually, <laughs> or what's inside you know. our heads and how am yeah. I organizing that way? And yeah, yeah. So yes, I think the the curiosity as it seems to manifest itself and much is about how can I do more, faster, quicker. Yeah, you know, it's kind of that. So yeah, how yeah, can I yeah. push the sort of next? Yeah level of this thing to be more efficient more productive more i was just thinking too like along the lines of the education system and sort of how we're taught to be acceptably curious you know like you're saying sort of like you can be curious about the curriculum it also starts to direct curiosity towards some knowledge that is useful rather than this is just interesting to know and that you don't necessarily have to understand or know the purpose of knowledge when you're acquiring it. Because like you said, you know, 10 years later, some kind of connection might happen that you're like, whoa. So, you know, I wonder if that's sort of what happens too, is as you get to be a sort of older adult, then it's like, well, I know what I need to know to, you know, make a living, do what I need to do, blah, blah, blah. I don't need, you know, so then it's like, there's a, we've forgotten that there's a curiosity about the world and about knowledge and about stuff that you can have that is just a pleasure for its own sake. That isn't like, you know, because Thoreau wasn't planning on doing anything with this knowledge of nature. You know, he just, it was valuable. And I think there's a, so there's two things for me. So for me, this whole knowledge, I like knowledge for knowledge's sake. So some of the stuff I learned, there's no absolute, no use or purpose in my life as, at all. But I, it's just a pure joy of learning something yeah. new. Um, and I think there's, and maybe this is where the curiosity killed the cat type thing. There's some sense of, well, what is, why, why, so what's the purpose or utility of going to learn that thing so we're just you know generally just to go because it can be seen as being inefficient isn't it so i can and and i know that's where you know where i was going was with this idea about specialization as well as Mm. opposed to being a generalist so um i can be curious but curious in a narrow Mm -hmm. sense of scope of so you know if i'm a uh, whatever my job is and i want to keep learning but i'm learning just about my job and you know the other innovations that come to it yeah but I'm not curious about something to the left and to the right of that because it, it, there's no utility in me mm-hmm. learning that. Um, like I said, so I learn things just for the sake of learning. There's no utility. I'm not going to get a degree out of it. It's not going to necessarily yeah, yeah, yeah. help me with my work. But the yep. pure joy of just learn knowledge for knowledge's sake. Um, and others can be curious, but curious because there's a utility factor yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. yeah, I think that's right. That's a good place to yeah. end on that curiosity Fini- bit. Finish our uh, finish. coffees and so go out and be curious. I think is 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 the message. I guess a challenge I would lay down for folks, and you know, I'm one of these ones that's happy to just have knowledge for knowledge's sake. Um, but I guess a challenge I would throw out is just to go and learn something new, or that you, for no other reason other than to. You know what the other awesome thing would be is is 
that that's your response when someone asks, why do you want to know? Because I'm curious. Because I'm curious. I just want to know. But curiosity killed the cat. That's what my grandmother and stuff would say if you said that to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just curious. Well, yeah, curiosity killed the cat, you. All right, that's it. Let's have a finish off our coffees and sounds good. go be curious. Yeah, sounds good. This episode of the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast is brought to you by people just like you, wonderful listeners. So thank you very much. If you have a spare second and you want to click over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review or just some stars, that really helps us out a lot and helps other people find us who might enjoy the show. And if you would like to contribute to the show, then you can contribute as little as a pound an episode or less than a coffee an episode. Um, If you head over to HavanaCafeSessions.co.uk and click on the contribute button, you'll find all kinds of different ways that you can help us out. Thank you so much if you have already contributed in some way or if you're thinking about contributing and really even just telling other people who you think might enjoy the podcast or um, joining in the conversation is very, very helpful. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Sarah Hunt, and on behalf of Clay Lowe, goodbye, and we'll see you next week.